As you can imagine, a lot of things are constantly changing here in Florida at this point. So we're going to be going through some topics that you might have heard in the past with a little bit of an update of what's going on currently. So this week, what we're going to be talking about is living in Florida. Changes in Southwest Florida are happening again. We're getting after that next. Hey everybody, my name is Craig Cunha. I'm a real estate agent here in Southwest Florida. And if you're looking for a channel to tell you a little bit more about what it's like to live, play, eat, sleep, and buy real estate on the Gulf Coast, this is the channel for you. If you wanna get your MLS search started now using the same systems that we real estate agents use, go ahead and go to ournextfloridahome.com and register there, or pull up the, our new app, Our Next Florida Home. It'll guide you through the process, let you save favorite homes, and get you started in the process so you can get familiar with what's going on in the market. I'm getting calls from people every single day and I absolutely love it. And if you're somebody that has an additional question that you just can't get an answer to, you've got to do one of three things. You've got to call, text, or email because I've got your back when moving to the Gulf Coast. All right, so this week, I started getting a larger number of calls about vacant property. And that's gonna eventually lead to new construction, right? Well, new construction, there's a couple things going on that you need to know about with that, and we're going to talk about them in detail, as well as taxes and how that's going to affect you, what insurances are looking like, what the rental market has going on, and a bunch of other stuff. But I want to start with this topic of new construction because these calls are coming constantly, also from people that have started building a home with a builder, they signed off on a contract, don't have any representation, are having problems, and don't know what to do. You know what? I would love to help out, but at that point, your hands are tied, my hands are tied. I can't do anything. A, a builder will not have any conversation with me because I'm not a representative for you. And when you went to the builder, you probably were misled to think that the builder's salesperson was your representative. Not the case. They're being paid by the builder. The builder is their boss. They cut their checks. They're the one that they're working for. So you are a client of the builder and you're kind of just left to the side to deal with whatever delays and problems and issues that come along to their explanation instead of having somebody ask more questions or get into more detail because there's things that you need to be thinking about when you're building a new construction. Yeah, it'd be nice to think that they handle all the details for you, but there's a lot of due diligence on your part. Have you checked to see what the taxes are gonna be? Do you have any idea what the insurance is gonna be? Are you in a floodplain? There are a number of things to consider. You probably even want to have an inspection done when it's finished. You might say, well, wait, why do I need an inspection? It's new construction. <laughs> Talk to an inspector. They'll tell you all kinds of horror stories that have been found in new construction homes that have not even been closed yet. So an inspection is still something you need, but you wouldn't know that if you didn't have somebody advising you and we have resources to get you connected with those people. So don't sell yourself short and get yourself into a situation. So I called my cousin Eric today and we are talking, he's a real estate agent up in New York and perfect situation. We are talking about new construction, what's going on down here. And he shared with me how somebody that he knew up in New York was having a problem. They had closed on the home and shortly after they found out there was mold in the home on a brand new construction home. Yes, mold. How would mold be there you say? Well, remember, these homes are left open in many cases in inclement weather, so moisture can get in there. They also tend to leave trusses outside in the weather uncovered. Those things can leave moisture in, especially in the wood. It takes time to dry out. 
Well, if that time wasn't there or wasn't done properly, mold can grow and now you've got it in your home. This was the situation and for this person up in New York, but you know what? Eric's hands were tied. Once again, he had no right to talk to anybody or to help them try to resolve this issue. This is something now the homeowner had to take on themselves to try and get fixed. So if you want somebody fighting for you on your side, it's kind of akin to why you would have an attorney if you had to go to court. It's another person, a third party, somebody on your side to fight the battle with you instead of leaving you out there hanging, not knowing what to do, not knowing anything really about the building industry and how it works. Let's not let that happen to you. The other thing that I can attest to, because I do this constantly, right now I have about six or seven clients that are building uh, new construction in the area, and one of the things that I do for them is I go out and I take pictures and video on a regular basis, just because the fact they can't be here to see it themselves. Taking video of their home and they noted that the pool was not oriented the way they wanted it to be. The hot tub was on the wrong end, it just nothing looked right. They wouldn't have known this if I hadn't have done that. Now, can it be fixed at the stage this was at? Most likely not, but it's something that now they have in mind, they can address with the builder, we can address with the builder and find out, is there any kind of resolution and what might you be able to do to rectify this for us? Anyway, those video and picture updates come to you as a courtesy in working with me so that you can see the progress of your home. You can make a little photo album for yourself and, and watch that uh, progress as it happens. And when you're getting ready to make your next draw payment, because many builders here, if you're doing a construction loan, you're gonna be making draw payments, either through the loan itself or through cash. You'll kind of wanna know, like I have Helena, that she reaches out to me whenever it's time to make a new payment to say, hey, Greg, can you shoot me a video so I can see where we are before I make another payment? Absolutely love to do it for you. So that's how we handle that. That's what you get in working with representation, so make sure you have one. Now I mentioned inspection a minute ago on the new construction and you've all you've probably heard the, the term that there's an inspection period whenever you purchase a home, right? There's another word or two words that I like to use even better than inspection period, which is due diligence because that's what it really is. This inspection period, we set a time frame. It can be anywhere from one day to generally 10 days. We don't like to go to 15. Many uh, agents won't allow that right now because the way the market moves, we don't want it off the market that long in case something pops up. So you'll have this time period. I'm gonna pick seven days because that's that's a pretty fair time frame to use. That seven days is not just for the inspection. Yes, we're gonna schedule the inspection. Yes, we're gonna get them in there as soon as possible. And we're gonna get a report very detailed that we'll be able to look at each line item and figure out are these serious issues that we need to attend to or are they cosmetic and we can handle them ourselves is you don't wanna blow up a deal over cosmetic things like grout missing in a shower or a loose doorknob. That's not a reason to cancel. But this due diligence period is the way I refer to it because you're also going to be checking insurance rates, you're gonna be checking the taxes, you're gonna find out if there's any assessment balances on the property. You're going to look over the seller's disclosure, see if they've disclosed anything they know about the property that could have gone wrong while they owned it. These things all need to be attended to. Uh, you wanna make sure that you get all this stuff in line in those seven days because you can still cancel in that seven days even if it doesn't end up being an inspection issue. 
it can be a due diligence issue like these different payments that we're talking about. If you find out there's this astronomical flood insurance that you just had no idea that was there, that's part of the reason why you can get out of this. So check all of these items, make sure it's done properly and get the representation for every single transaction so that you have somebody doing this with you. Another hot topic lately is taxes because the new taxes came out for the year and everybody that purchased recently is seeing possibly major jumps in their taxes. And what they don't remember is that if you, and it could be not just don't remember, it could be that they weren't informed properly, as this is again, one of the things that we're supposed to be doing is explaining to you, if it's your primary residence, you can put a homestead exemption on it to help cap the uh, tax increases from year to year. Well, if it's not a primary home, if it's a second home or a vacation home or a, an investment home, you can't do that. So now any of these tax increases, you're hit with them. And lately with how these prices have um, risen so quickly and gotten very high, I mean doubled pretty much since I purchased this home in 2019. So yeah, that would be a really hefty tax bill. I happen to have a homestead. You have to have your homestead in place by January 1st of the year that you're going into the new taxes rolling out. And you have to have it filed for the following year by March 31st. If you don't, you have to wait a whole nother year. I'll give you a link down below to be able to uh, check out a little bit more information about that. Or you can just go to lipa.org. If you go in there and look up homestead exemption, you'll get all the details and the qualifications and the things that you need. But when you're looking at a property through the MLS and you see a tax number there, do not assume those are the taxes you're gonna be paying. A lot of people make that mistake, but it says 2021. Okay, did you know whether it said homestead or not? Do you know what they purchased for? Because they're going to have a assessed number that's in there. Yours will be completely different. Your new purchase price is gonna be well above, most likely, what they purchased for. So your tax rate is going to be based on the higher purchase price. You need to know this as you go into the purchase of this new home. It's another one of those due diligence things that we just discussed. Another thing that came out today, and this is proposed so nobody overreact to this, but remember the um, all the vacant lots that people are asking about buying now? Those are mostly up in the Northwest and Northeast. Do you know what's different about the Northwest and Northeast? It's still well and septic for the most part. Do you know what that means? we have a water a sewer assessment that will be done at some point. It's kind of been on hold since COVID started. They're starting to consider ramping it back up again, but here is the big shocker for you. The new rate is being proposed at $35,000. Ask me what it was last time they were doing it. Oh, 19,000. That's a hell of a step up, wouldn't you think? But that is what the new rate's going to be. And if that gets approved, that gets passed on to everyone that still has to convert. Now, on top of that, if you're on a payment plan, you're letting it stretch out over time, the rate used to be 3% that they were charging on that. It's going to go to 6.5%. Yes, it's going to get costly. So if you'd like some advice, if you're purchasing a lot, find out if it's already had its assessments done, where it's at least locked in at the lower rate. You might have an unpaid balance that you can, can you can finish paying, or it might be paid off completely. Those are gonna be more towards the South, in the Southwest, Southeast, maybe the Southern parts of the Northwest and the Northeast as well. 
those will be the ones you're gonna seek out as soon as possible. And the reason why I'm saying as soon as possible is when this information gets out and all the sellers down south realize what the new rates are gonna be, what do you think they're gonna to do to their pricing? Because those prices are now gonna be raised due to demand. Other people are gonna catch on to, I wanna save money. I want the 19,000 locked in down in the south rather than the 35 that's coming. So, word of caution, if you're gonna buy a vacant lot, get ahead of it, get something that's already had its assessments put on so that you can save yourself a little bit of money. All right, so age of homes is very important here for a couple reasons. Number one, in 2004, our big uh, to-do that happened in the area was Hurricane Charlie. Hurricane Charlie was devastating to the Punta Gorda and Port Charlotte areas, but what it also did is it changed the building codes here in Southwest Florida. All the homes now had to have protection on all the windows, the nail patterns in the sheathing changed, the um, third nail in the hurricane strap changed. A number of things were changed as well as elevation. They did an elevation change at that time. These things all started in 2004. So any home after that would have these newer codes. Anything before, you could find yourself hit with higher insurances without those codes in place. So if you're gonna look for the best savings on insurance, get newer than 2004, and be aware of one time frame from 2005 to 2007. Do you know what happened? Chinese drywall. If you don't know what Chinese drywall is, look it up. It was a uh, defective wall board that's used here, the drywall, and when moisture hits it, it turned the uh, components in there into a noxious gas and it would end up pitting metals and making people really ill. It would also eat away at uh, copper. So your coils in your AC, the, the wires in your walls, it messed up a lot of things. Many homes had to be ripped apart and put back together. But that stopped right around 2007. There's been no sign of it after that. A lot of those homes have already been remediated. So they ripped them apart, put them back together and all is good. But if there's any kind of uh, construction, remodeling, anything like that, that could have gotten some of that wallboard, you may not even know it. So just be aware that that happened in those years. So anything after 2007 to now is pretty safe overall for both of these situations, but you've gotta be aware of it. So if you're looking for a resale home and you don't wanna deal with any of that stuff, you either have to look past that 2007 timeframe or you can get a resale prior to it you're just gonna have to look and see if you're gonna need to do some of these uh, code updates like that third nail. That's probably the easiest one to do. They pull the soffit down, they put the third nail into the hurricane straps and you save yourself about $600 a year on your insurance. Now, Jeff is one of my clients that purchased on Golf Access and he was affected by the hurricane. Um, he was affected what he feels is mildly. So he had some water inside. It basically kind of affected his flooring, maybe the lower uh, levels of his uh, walls. Um, you know, definitely some of the, the kick plates and things like that, but he replaced it all and he's happy as a lark. Even though going, he went through a hurricane, one of the worst in the history of Florida, and he's happy. He came from California, so that might help understand why, but he also mentioned one thing that stuck out like a sore thumb. He said he's made so many friends here and there's so many pleasant and wonderful people that he's met. He has no reason to ever even think about leaving. Why would you leave a situation where every day is happy? That's exactly what I get from this guy. Jeff, glad you're enjoying it. Glad that you're really meeting a lot of people and thank God you did not have any super detrimental damage to your home. Thank you for sharing that with me. Now you ask why, why would people still stay? Why would they wanna be there and go through more of this horrific stuff? This week is why. 
We are going to be in the 60s in the nighttime. We're going to be in the low 80s in the daytime with next to no humidity. That will be the most pleasant week that we've had yeah, probably pretty much through the year since last season ended. And that's what we can expect moving forward. Now, those temperatures being in the 80s is still a little bit warmer than what we normally would have this time of year. However, that lack of humidity is gonna make it comfortable either way, doesn't matter. I had to put a jacket and sleeves and sweatpants and all that on this morning to go for a walk. It was sunny and just about 70 degrees, but the, uh, the wind that was blowing out of the Northeast, it was cutting through you. So again, I'm fully acclimated. Uh, a little breeze in the shade, even in the heat of the summer, gives me a chill, so I'm, I'm an exception to the, the rule. There's still people out there, obviously, in shorts and t-shirts, but that's choice. Now, one thing I would like to ask, if you are going to be a seasonal visitor and you are coming here in the next six months, do everyone here, especially the small businesses that are really trying to hold things together since the storm, if you're gonna be eating out, go to these smaller chains, go to these mom and pop kind of places. They're great food, great ambiance, they need your help. They need to uh, have your infusion of funds. Even down on Fort Myers Beach, they started opening some things back up down there. Wahoo Willies and Nervous Nellies and even Yucatan right down from them. Yucatan started with an outdoor little cookout setup. They didn't even have the restaurant back in, uh, in shape yet. And there's, there's other places that are now getting food trucks just to be able to serve down on the beach. So if you can do everyone a favor and contribute to this, get a great meal, you're infusing the money into the, uh, the local economy here and helping these folks survive so that they'll be here for years to come for all your future visits. Another thing you can do to help out is a lot of the charter captains here. If you're, if you're a fisherman and would just want the experience to go out uh, deep sea fishing or you wanna fish the flats or whatever, there's a lot of charters here to do that. Most of them lost about 72% of the bookings and that meant 90% of their income. So that's another group of people that are really hit hard. And you know, all the water sports companies here, I've talked about James and his Sunset, sunset Ski and Sport. Um, he is, you know, a client and I see his struggles with the uh, water sport industry and everything that had gone on there. And we're right now getting through a, a red tide time as well. This affects the waters, obviously. So if you can find yourself uh, in a situation where you're looking for that kind of entertainment, go ahead and get with these people and uh, contribute again to the local economy and help them survive as well. I'm gonna hit on a touchy subject here real quick just because I feel really strongly about it. Governor DeSantis, he passed a bill earlier in the year. It was called the Parental Rights and Education Bill um, and they might also refer to it as Don't Say Gay. But the whole point to, or premise to this was that they don't want any gender identity or sexual orientation discussed with children up to the third grade. I didn't even know that we had to say that. I don't understand why it even has to be put into context. If we were all relatively intelligent human beings, we know that kids these ages aren't even thinking about this stuff. Why are we going to put it in their head? So thank you, Governor, for passing that bill. And I hope that we continue to push towards keeping that that way. Children are innocent. Let them live their childhood and stop putting our adult crap in their head. It's not necessary. All right, so now to get back on the real estate stuff, uh, the rental market. As you know, we have a bit of a shortage here and some pricing has been kind of out of whack. Well, they are doing some 
amazing thing. We've currently got about 4,247 units under construction in Lee County for rental purposes with another 14,000, I think it's 575 units that are proposed. That is a ton of units that are gonna be coming. That's just Lee County. That's just Cape Coral, Fort Myers. So that's gonna infuse a lot of rentals into the area, help out this housing situation, because one of the reasons, one of the huge factors that's affecting this is the demand. The demand is huge. The people that lost their homes, they need a place to live. The people coming for vacation, they need a place to stay. It's not gonna stop. This is going to continue to be an issue for us until we get it fixed. So if you're worried about a rental or a place to stay, give it a little bit of time. These projects are underway and you should be finding probably in the next year or so that when you come back for season next year, if you haven't secured something this year, there should be more options for you then. We hope. Once again, you've already heard reports earlier about how many people actually come to Florida on a regular basis. I don't see that changing. The number of calls I'm getting from different areas of the country is absolutely crazy. However, we don't know when they're gonna come and when they're gonna finally commit. I'm getting a lot of people saying next summer. So if that gives you a guideline, that's summer of 2023. Um, there's a number of people that have told me they're coming. So whenever you're making your plans, just commit to them when you can, get the things in place for yourself as soon as you can, because we never know when these uh, supplies are going to be there or not. Now, our impaired driver numbers here in Southwest Florida are absolutely horrendous. Uh, just through the middle of the year this year, we already um, eclipsed what last year's total were. So we're gonna be looking at almost doubling up on that number by the end of the year, and there's no reason for it. Uh, unfortunately, there was a police officer the other day, 23-year-old, first year on the force, and he was killed by um, a drunk driver. So if you're somebody that likes to partake in adult beverages, just do yourself a favor. We have tons of Ubers around here. There's even places like down at Backstreet's. It's a, a local uh, restaurant and bar here in Cape Coral in the downtown section. They have a limousine that runs through the evening taking people home, and there's no charge. You basically tip the guy for his time but they'll take you home just to avoid having these kinds of accidents. Another thing that we discussed previously, and I, I tagged this to GPS helping you, but if you are driving around Cape Coral, there are tons of canals and there's a lot of darkness in some areas. And if you're flying around or you don't know the streets, you could end up in a canal. It happened again just the other day. The police had to jump into this canal, break out the window and pull the girl out of her car. We don't know how she got there. I don't know if it's a speeding thing or if it's just not paying attention, maybe texting and driving, no idea. The point is pay attention to where you're driving, especially in Cape Coral. These canals can sneak up on you. And if it's dark, again, street lights aren't, aren't on every corner. So you're gonna have to really pay attention in those neighborhoods. And while gators are considered that one fierce thing that you just are super afraid of if you're any, anywhere near water in Florida, right? Well, there's something you might want to consider being a little more afraid of. What do you think would eat a gator whole? A Burmese python. They actually found one the other day with a whole gator inside it. So we might have a whole new thing to be afraid of <laughs> instead of gators. But anyway, that's a, that's a topic for you to not worry about because it is not a common thing. Burmese pythons aren't just uh, all over the place here. They're generally gonna be down towards the Everglades, but this did happen recently. And you know me, I'm gonna tell you the good, bad, the in-between. That's a little bit more about living in Florida. And yeah, 
changes in Southwest Florida are once again happening. If you got any other questions about living in Florida or in the Southwest Florida area, Cape Coral, Fort Myers, check out one of these other videos. And if you've got a specific question you need an answer to, you've got to call, text, or email because I've got your back when moving to the Gulf Coast.